Hi, welcome to the podcast. I am Joe Posnanski, and with me is Michael Shore. Michael, welcome. Thank you for having me, Joe. You're welcome. And boy, you know what that was? That was a voice saying, we don't have time to spare. There's don't an have emergency. Time. Don't have time. We have, we, have, we have more than one emergency. We have several emergencies. We have several emergencies that we have to deal with here on the podcast. Um, and that's what we're going to do. It's been a little while. We've, 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 we've taken uh, a little time off. Uh, yep. Not really, because just been super duper busy with other stuff. But you know, but also sort of. we took some time off to evaluate the unfolding emergencies, <laughs> and we are now ready to report on them. We are now, yes, we are now ready to to report. Uh, normally, we we spend the first forty minutes of our emergency podcast talking about something else. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are so many emergencies today, we can't do that. We cannot we can- take you, the 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 bylaws of the podcast state. That when there is an emergency, we have to spend 43 minutes exactly talking about <laughs> things that are not emergencies. We have to break, we have to amend those bylaws today. That's right. And get right to them because we have three big emergencies. Now, here, tell me if you agree. He, I believe that the emergencies in front of us involve the Rays, the Twins, and the Pirates. That's right. That okay. is correct. Those are the three. three we're dealing with. There might be more, but right today we're, we're dealing with the Rays, the Twins, and the Pirates. So, the what do you want to Twins. What do you want to start well, with? Here, Here's the thing. The biggest of the emergencies is the twins. Yeah. So do we do that first or do we save that for for the end? I think we save that for the end. I think we save that for the end. So let's start with an emergency uh, that has been emerging in Pittsburgh over the last uh, few weeks. Okay. And by emergency, I think we're saying, by the way, people people have such a negative connotation for emergency. All of these emergencies are delightful. They're delightful emergencies. Would you not agree? I would absolutely agree. This is the good kind of emergency. All That's In all right. three cases, this is the good kind of emergency. Yes. That's right. In Pittsburgh, okay, first of all, yes, it is. We are doing this on Wednesday, April 26th. Mm-hmm. And at this moment in time, the Pittsburgh Pirates are in first place in the uh, National League Central, which is an emergency in and of itself. Would Correct. you agree? 100%. Yes. Now, yes. look, what you said is important. It is April 26th. <laughs> so like, we're, not, we're, not, we're not saying this is predictive of the future. We're not saying that it uh, is super meaningful. However, they are in first place, which they haven't That's been right. in first place this late in the season in God knows how long. I saw yeah, this no. stat. I don't even remember. It was like the 1830s or something. Um, they are plus 24 in run differential. Yeah. Uh, they have beaten some good teams. That's the other thing. This is not when we get to the Rays emergency, there's going to be a caveat. Right. Uh, because a lot of the teams that they, uh, they, they're the best team in baseball, but uh, they also beat up on a lot of bad teams. But yes. the Pirates uh, swept the Red Sox. Um, they, they've beaten the White Sox twice. They beat the Astros. They one and two against the Astros. They still beat the Astros. They won, uh, they split a series with the Cardinals. They annihilated the Rockies. They annihilated the Reds. Last night they played the Dodgers and lost eight, seven on a, on a late inning, uh, walk-off, but, or I think it was a walk-off, but the point is like, Hey, they've beaten some good teams here. They beat the Cardinals twice. They beat the Astros. They beat the White Sox. They be swept the Red Sox who were at least a 500 team. So, 
they are 16 and 8. They're in first place. And it's not seemingly, totally, any kind of fluke. This seems no. like a team that we predicted would be would be straight up terrible. And yet here they are, 24 games into the year, roughly whatever it is, 15% of the way through the season. And they're playing really good baseball. That's yes. That is absolutely, because it is the Pittsburgh Pirates, that is absolutely an emergency that needs to be dealt with. It is an emergency. However, as as you well know, our emergency today is sort of an emergency within the emergency. Correct. Be- because the Pirates are wonderful. It's it's so cool that they're in first place. Uh, they've got some really interesting, cool players. And look, mm-hmm. they're doing this also, by the way, as you well know, without O'Neill Cruz, who who got hurt. Broke his hand, uh, yeah. And, and was basically what we had said, the only reason to watch the Pirates uh, at one point, we said. Uh, and and he is gone. So oh, wait, he so broke his. Have, sorry, he broke his ankle. Maybe not his hand. He broke his ankle. His, I think. Yeah, I think it's his ankle. He's out. I know he, he's on the sixty day DL. And he's out for a know, while. Yeah, yeah. They don't know when he'll be back. I mean, I think they're still hoping after the All Star game, but but that's that's basically where we are, or right around the All Star game, maybe. I hope. Um, here's the emergency within the emergency, though. We have seen a resurgence. Yeah. Of Andrew McCutcheon. Yes. I mean, I mean yes. I can't even de- how, how how can we even describe how wonderful that is? How delightful that is. It, like, like again, it's 75 at bats, right? Like, <laughs> let's not lose our minds. But in those 75 at bats, he has five dingers, he is walking a lot, he's hitting the ball hard, he's yes. got a 900 OPS. I the best case scenario here is Albert Pujols goes back to the Cardinals and has the right. year he had last year, right? Like there is some precedent now for a guy returning to a city that birthed him, professionally speaking, and having this kind of Superman in the Sun resurgence. Yes. Who knows if this, how long this lasts, or whether it lasts, or whatever. He's also DHing a lot, which I think maybe is good because he's his he's not getting his body isn't getting ground down by yeah, playing. I- the outfield, and, and, right? And he wasn't at the, you know, as as the years went on, he was not a particularly great daily outfielder. I mean, look at one point he was a Gold Glove outfielder. Yeah. And as the years have gone on, he's that's fallen off significantly. Um, but he's still good. He's still yeah. good if you throw him out there, you know, uh, a couple of times a week, three times a week, he can still play mm-hmm. uh, very solid defense. Uh, but but more to the point. Oh, if if we could just get a great year from a full Kutch. a full wonderful. year of Kutch in Pittsburgh, so he hit a three run homer the other night against the Dodgers that was on a, a two seam fastball. I can't remember what Dodger pitcher it was, but a two seam fastball. Oh, it might have been Syndergaard. I think it was. Um, and the the ball like started on the outside and tailed back in toward him, and he dropped the head of the bat on the ball and hit it out the other way. Oh like, yeah. The other way, like he hit it out, he hit like a rocket to right center. And then he went into the dugout and they did their awesome home run celebration with the sword and the, and the whole thing. And he looked happier than I have seen that guy look in five years. Like oh, I think, least. I yeah. think so much of this is like, he just belongs in Pittsburgh. I don't he know does. how to explain it. I, maybe it's just like a. It maybe it's a uh, you know uh, uh, not recency bias. It's a confirmation bias. Um, but he just looks like he puts that uniform on and he steps up to the plate in that park. And you're like, yes, this is the guy. This guy yes. belongs here. And when you when I saw his home run 
celebration off that Cindergard uh, <laughs> ball that he hit to right field. I and he just looked like he's having the time of his life. And time of his life. What is better in baseball than a happier Kutch? What's no. better? There's nothing better it's, that it's, than that guy being happy. That's Kutch is his generation's Mookie, or Mookie is our generation's Kutch. Right? I think that's right. Yeah, just pure delight. Great player, all around player. When he was in Pittsburgh, won an MVP. Could have won another one or two in when he was at his prime. And then it just it got sad. Remember, like he had the minutes with the Yankees, which was awful. Nobody should that should never happen. Right. And then he was with the Giants for a while. And then he wasn't terrible with the Phillies, but but it was he was such an afterthought with them. And then and then who even remembers that he played from Milwaukee last year? I mean, it just like everything about him just sort of faded. And it and it well, he was, he, and he was playing like. 60 games a year a couple right. like he, he right. it, like he had the the last season in Philadelphia and the first season in Milwaukee or the only season in Milwaukee he played something approaching a full season and, and right. he wasn't he wasn't <clears throat> bad in Philly he had a he had a 778 no, OPS bad. and that yeah. he had 27 homers or whatever last year Milwaukee had 17 homers and a 700 OPS so that was a little bit of an afterthought and you thought like we're never going to get that guy again. The guy that we right. remember, the guy in Pittsburgh who hit, you know, who had 40 doubles and 25 to 30 homers every year and yeah. also stole 25 bases right. and was just like was just like a force, like a force to be reckoned with. That guy's gone. That's too bad. We'll always remember him fondly. Suddenly, out of nowhere, he's off to a start that suggests he's got at least one more of these years in him. I mean, his OPS right now, and again, it's 75 at bats. It's nothing. This would be his highest OPS as 2015 and oh, yeah. or 2014. And like, I, I don't know, man, I, I, it's hard for me not to get way ahead of myself here, but I, it, it would be, it's, this is happening to in a different way in Minnesota with, with Buxton, where you're like, come on, man, just stay healthy, just stay healthy, just stay healthy, healthy do your thing, and like, <laughs> let's get a full year of this. If we could get a full year of Andrew McCutcheon playing like this, man, would that be fun? It would be so delightful, just such joy. And it's funny because when he signed with the Pirates, you and I sort of like quickly texted, like, ah, Cutch back to the Pirates, but but I don't think we. Like it was like, eh, but it's it's it won't work, right? Like yeah. it'll be they'll be fine. It'll be it'll be emotional and cool. The fans will will you know appreciate him. That'll be nice. But for him to even get off to a start like this, where he's really playing well, and the Pirates are winning, like everything just feels like you want time to stop right yeah. now, right? Yes, like, you yes. Don't, you want to live in this moment forever. <laughs> you don't You don't want what's coming in like mid-June when, you know, the Pirates will have lost eight in a row and, and Kutch will, you know, fall out. You don't want that. No. Just want it to be like it is right now forever. It's like, yeah. it's, it's so cool. All right. So, yes. Emergency, yay, emergency. Emergency and, and uh, Kutch is our, is our, podcast player of the year a hundred percent he's absolutely well it's Kutch in the nl and buxton in the al right i think we can say that those are the two guys that like will will on teams that we don't generally care about or talk about that much guys who will improve the experience of following baseball by the widest margin if they can if they can keep this up i think they can just keep it up absolutely 
All right. Emergency number two has been brewing all year in mm-hmm. Tampa Bay. Um, they Yesterday, they lost. Right. Uh, Finally lost they, at home they, for the first they time. Lost, first time they've lost at home. However, they are 20-4. and four. They have scored the most runs in, in the American League. They have the best ERA in the American League. They've got like 17 All-Stars on this team. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're they're great. I think the Rays are like great. Like we thought they, of course, they're going to be good every year or whatever. But stuff is happening like suddenly Randy Rosarena is playing exactly like he does in in October. In the World Baseball you know? Classic. <laughs> exactly. World <laughs> or, or in the World Series. Wander Franco is kind of like, yeah, by the way, don't forget about me. I'm like the best player in baseball. And uh, and their pitching is absurd. And I mean, I don't think that necessarily Yande Diaz is going to keep with a 974 OPS, but he might. Uh, that team is loaded. That team is loaded, and they are running away with from the Yankees. I, and that is the thing. They are that's that's what's so great. Yes, from they the Yankees. they yes. have. Um, so a, a huge part of this is that Wander Franco, Franco or Franco, we still don't know. Wander <laughs> Wander Franco uh, got off to the start that was expected of him and has always been expected of him. So that's great. Rosarena is like you said, playing. He's got a thousand OPS. He's playing like the guy that we all thought we were getting in the year he got called up and and destroyed other teams in October. And then you've got like Yandy Diaz, who's like, you know that name. He's the, yeah, he plays first, right? He's been around with it. Oh, he's got a thousand OPS too. He's <laughs> And then there's the, then there's two guys named L-O-W-E, one of whom pronounces right. it Lau and one of whom pronounces it Low, which is very and we don't even know And we don't even know which one is which. We I don't, don't know. know. It's Brandon Lau and Josh Lowe or vice versa. Yes. <laughs> and each of them has like a, one of them has a thousand OPS and one of them has an eight fifty OPS and one of them plays right and one of them plays second. I don't know which one it is or it doesn't matter. They're both it really good. It doesn't even matter. It yeah. doesn't matter. And you got you've got four so we're we're we've played twenty three games here. There are four guys on their in their lineup who are already above one war for the year in, in ninety at bats or or fewer. Like they they and that is because they do everything. They hit. They hit for power. They field. They pitch. Their relievers are. Their bullpen is good. Every single guy on this team is like the best guy in the league at his <laughs> at his position. Uh, there is. I read this statistic on uh, the mothership, the Dan Lebetard show with Stu Gatz featuring head goon of Meadowlark Dan Lebetard. They started fourteen and zero at home. It's the fourth longest home winning streak to start a season. The last team to have a longer home winning streak to start a season was the 1886 Detroit Wolverines. <laughs> the 1886 Detroit Wolverines started 18-0. They That's were right. led by Pretzels, Getzian, and Phenomenal Smith. Those of were two were. real people on the team. <laughs> also, the 1884 St. Louis Maroons, you of course remember that team. They sure. started 16-0 in the 1880 Chicago White Sox. Have the white stockings, sorry. The white stockings. Uh, they were not the white socks. stockings. Have the all time record at 21 consecutive wins. We're talking about an unprecedented start, clearly. These are not just the dead ball era, the deep, deep dead ball era, the 19th century dead ball era, which is like fi- the mound is 50 feet away and guys are pitching underhand. Like it's hard to overstate how impressive this beginning has been. Now, again, we will say. They beat some very crappy teams. Like they swept some very crappy teams. They beat a bunch of teams they should win. But that's the thing about baseball. 
is when a really good team plays a really crappy team, generally speaking, it's a two to one or a three to one series. The Rays right. beat everybody. They beat everybody all the time. And they they destroyed people. They won eight nothing and ten to one and oh, nine nothing. One differential even now, but I mean for a while there it was a joke. It was it plus a hundred or something yeah, after like twenty so games. Um and th- and that's the other thing is that not only are they mashing the ball, but then you've got Shane McClanahan, who I think right. who set some kind of record the other night. By, with like whiffs in a in like he had like 32 swings and misses in his first like 75 pitches or something insane. Rasmussen is pitching incredibly well. Jeffrey Springs has only started a couple games, like well, three got games. Hurt, got he, hurt. He was he was suddenly he was looking like he was going to win the Cy Young Award. He was pitching so great. Yeah, and then in all these guys whose names you barely know, you know. Uh, Taj Bradley and Zach Elfin and Garrett Clevenger and and he, all these guys, Colin <laughs> Poche, Pete Fairbanks, like they have a guy named on their team named Cooper Criswell. Have you ever heard of Cooper Chris? He's not no, pitching particularly no. well, but he has ten strikeouts in six innings. Like they they this is like a this is the most raised any raised team has ever been. Like they are dominant and great, and everyone on the team is twenty four. And they're just blowing people out of the water. And I, I, I like, I, I really would love it if, like Kutch, if they could play like this all year, if they could be a juggernaut of almost anonymous guys, that would be so fun if they just absolutely ran away with the AL East. The AL East, by the way, upside down, except for the Rays. Baltimore is in second place. Toronto's in third place. The Yankees are in fourth place and are two games over 500. Boston's in the cellar. But even Boston is 13 and 12. Like, this is an incredibly strong division that is also absolutely upside down. Nothing makes any sense. The Orioles are really good and they're promoting a like number one prospect in baseball level guy seemingly every week. And uh, Toronto is playing really well. The Yankees are off to a middling start. Boston is sort of doing what we expected. But at the top of it all is what appears to be, through 24 games, an absolute juggernaut of a team. It's just so exciting. Yeah, no, they, they look to me like you'll see teams get off to great start. I mean, first of all, when teams usually when teams get off to this kind of crazy start, they're, they're, they end up the season pretty good. They're, they're just not that many. Like even, even teams that are not that good, like when the uh, – uh, Atlanta Braves, the Dale Murphy Braves started off 13 and 0. They still ended up going to the playoffs, even though they weren't that good, you know, right. because, because once you get that kind of start underneath you, it's, you know, unless you are like what, like that Brewers team that ended up losing like 14 in a row or whatever it was in 87, 88, whatever year it was, um, you're pretty good. But here's, but, but I think your point is right, which is not only do they have a record that shows they're really good you can kind of see they're really good. You know what yeah. I mean? Like every night they go out and they're young and they play with a lot of energy, but they're also like super good. Like it's not like there's there's nobody on this team that you're like, oh, that he's not keeping that up this year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like nothing, yeah. there's there's no, at least no obvious version of of somebody you're like, yeah, that's, that's not going to last. So yeah. they're awesome. They're yeah. really, really, really awesome. Exciting. And it is exciting. But also, I mean, let's be honest, though. It's in Tampa Bay, uh, in that awful dome, in a city that <laughs> nobody really knows where what baseball's future is in that city. I mean, it's like it's really 
it's a it's I'm not gonna say it's a mixed feeling because I'm super happy for the for the Rays and I love that Rays team, but it is weird. Like you know, you it's it's baseball's like here's the thing, baseball might have its most exciting team might be in Tampa Bay, mm-hmm. and its two most exciting players are somewhere on the outskirts of LA in Anaheim. And the Padres are like, who the heck knows what the heck they're doing? They, you know, they're they're off to another terrible start for, for for the kind of talent they have, and it's just weird. It's like nothing feels like it's placed right. You know what I mean? It just feels well, a little off that way. This brings up what I wouldn't call not a full blown emergency, but I think a sub emergency that is worth touching on briefly. I, I texted you about this the other day. The Padres, at one point, when I texted you, this isn't the case anymore, but when I texted you, the Padres, Dodgers, Cardinals, Phillies, Mariners, Astros, uh, Guardians, White Sox, and Red Sox were all under 500. Right. Like, And there is a... There is a little bit of a vibe that some of these teams that we've been laser focused on as being the dominant teams in their divisions for a while now. I'm not saying like it's very long season, man. We're still in April. Like I obviously all all normal caveats apply. And I don't think we really know anything about these teams. The Padres just got Tatis back. Like the Soto still hasn't started hitting, blah, blah, blah. But I think, and we actually talked about this a little bit in the preview. I think the Dodgers have more problems than anybody thought. I think that yeah. I don't. I think they still are the favorites to win their division. I think they're still a easy playoff team. Blah blah blah. I don't think that team is what it has been. I think that that the the a combination of a few things has has contributed to that. Number one, they lost Trey Turner. Number two, they uh, their pitching is more of a question now. They they still they got. Dustin Mayback, but they don't have Walker Bueller. They lost Kenley Jansen, who had his ups and downs there, but was a pretty stabilizing force in that bullpen and so far has been very good for the Red Sox. They, there's a, you know, all of the guys that had contributed to uh, a lot of their depth are either gone or are just a year older. And that's what happens uh, in this game is everybody gets a year older every year. And I don't think that they are as scary to the National League as they have been. Last year, Dave Roberts flatly said, we're winning the World Series this year. That obviously didn't happen. But when he said it, everyone was like, yeah, he's probably right. And I don't think anyone, if he said that this year, I don't think anyone would say, yeah, he's probably right. I think everyone would say like, I don't know, man. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot more parity in the National League. There's a lot of teams, not just the Padres, but a lot of teams in the National League that seem like they've been creeping up the Braves and the Mets and the Phillies, obviously, after last year and uh, and the Cardinals and the, and the Brewers, uh, the, yeah. the Brewers. I mean, like there yeah. there are just more teams that seem like a real legitimate threat to come out of the uh, National League. And I, I think that a lot of these teams that I mentioned, the 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 story of the year so far is that a lot of the teams that maybe you would have thought on paper we're, and we talked about the Phillies like this. We all we did say this about the Phillies too. Like a little fluky last year. They got hot at the right time. They got a little bit lucky in certain ways. But a lot of these teams, these kind of juggernauty seeming teams, I think have more problems than people realized. No, I think that's I think that you can see that across the board, although 
Atlanta sure looks awfully good. You know what I mean? Like there's certain of these teams, the Mets look really good, I think, for the most part. But but it's you're seeing a little bit of a shifting of of the game a little bit. And one thing that really strikes me, it's not full-blown emergency, but the National League West, which I think everybody came into the last two, three, four years thinking was the best division in baseball, as long as the Padres were were trying to really compete. The Giants won 100 and whatever, eight games a couple of years ago. And, 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 you know, just those three, suddenly that division looks like bleh. I Kinda mean, mediocre. you know, you gotta, fi- yeah. you gotta figure the Padres at some point are going to, are going to start winning. You would think at some point, but right now, I mean, that division is a whole bunch. I mean, the Rockies are, you know, they're, they're not worth talking about. But everybody else is kind of bunched up. They're all right around 500, a couple of games under 500. And and it's like, and it's early, of course, and you figure it'll spread out. But I don't think that the Diamondbacks are ready to, to, to really be a contender yet. And yet I look and I go, eh, the Dodgers have a lot of holes. They still have great players, but they have a lot of holes. Mm-hmm. The Padres... I don't know. Are they going to figure this out or not? Like, I, I don't think we know yet if they're going to figure it out. You know, Tatis is back, and they haven't won a game since he's been back, have they? Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's, yeah, it's really and, weird. And, and, and by and, the way, Juan Soto, Soto might be a full-fledged emergency at this point. I mean, this is this is 100 plate appearances into the year, you know, more than 100 plate appearances of the year. He's hitting 188. This after like hitting nothing last year and, and with no power. I don't know, man. I mean, like he's of course he's always gonna walk a ton and and he'll he'll hit some balls out, but where's Ted Williams, man? This is what this is what all we've been talking about is how Juan Soto's the best young hitter in baseball. He doesn't look like the best young hitter in baseball right now. No, I don't know. It's it is an absolute mystery. I don't know how you go from being Ted Williams to being a replacement level hitter. I mean, he still walks a lot, <laughs> right? He's got that, but like he, walks he a just lot, right. I I keep I keep defending him to people. And, of course, and I um, and I will and, too. I I believe he'll turn yeah. it around. It'll be fine. But I had a really interesting conversation with uh, with uh, someone who I will not name uh, about Soto. And his line on Soto was really interesting. He was saying people keep telling Soto he needs to be more aggressive. He's letting a lot of good pitches go by. And his argument is Soto can't be more aggressive because he doesn't have the the same sort of bat-to-ball skills that like the very, very, very top guys do. Like hmm. what he can do is he can he you throw him a center cut fastball middle middle or 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 slider middle middle and he can crush it but it's not like he's trout or or um uh you know one of the 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 truly premier hitters in the game this is this is the argument he's making Hmm. it's it's more that he has the most incredible eye and has always been able to control the strike zone and now pitchers are like I'm I'm just going to challenge you. You know, I'm not going to, you know, if you're going to let good pitches go by, I'm just going to I'm just going to throw more good pitches and you know, his strikeouts are up. He, he's he's not hitting the ball hard. I mean, it's 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 Ugh. it's worrisome. This it's is an worrisome. emergency. This is an emergency. Juan Soto <laughs> is, is another emergency. emergency. Yeah. 
Um, but let's but let's talk about the real emergency, the number one emergency in all of baseball. The reason we're even doing this, the yeah. main reason that we came out uh, to do this thing, the emergency. Yesterday, so that would be Tuesday, mm-hmm. the Minnesota Twins beat the New York Yankees, uh, which in and of itself is a minor emergency. It's a small emergency, yeah. It's a small emergency. Like, it, it would not be enough, I don't think, for us to do a full-fledged podcast on it. But it would it would take up a large amount of a regularly scheduled podcast. Without sure. question, yes. Yeah, it's a, it's a big deal. So they beat the Yankees 6-2. What made this an emergency was the Twins won the first two games of the series and thus guaranteed that they will beat the New York Yankees in a series for the first time since 2001. 2001, 22 years ago. Uh, I just put this in my in in my uh, newsletter. You can go to joeponsanski.substack.com, see it. Um, I listed off a bunch of things that that were true in 2001 to give you an idea of how long ago 2001 was. Great. And there, there, as you know, it, it's not that hard. Oh, George Bush was president, whatever. But my favorite thing about 2001 that I put in there was that it was not only pre. Uh, Twitter and Facebook and and all of the modern, it was pre like MySpace. Like there were like even even <laughs> Friendster and MySpace didn't exist in two thousand one. Entire it, industries were... <laughs> have been born, matured, and died. And in died the time. Yeah. absolutely billions and billions of dollar industries that didn't exist at that time and don't exist now. Like just that in that distance, civilizations have risen and fallen. <laughs> Uh, did you happen to see Byron Buxton interview where he was told that fact? No. Uh, if you haven't, it's worth looking at it because they're like, "What? how does it make you feel? This is the first time since that the Twins have won a series, season series from the Yankees since 2001. And he kind of nods a little bit because he's used to just getting con- you know, questions and <laughs> press conferences. But then it starts to hit him. He's like, what, 2001? Like he, he, it, it's watching a guy absorb an insane fact in real time. And my favorite thing is he goes, 2001, that's how long it's been? And the guy goes, yeah, 2001. He goes, I was six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You actually had you actually had a little additional thing on here. Uh, on, well, it's on this. it's so it's the first time they've won since two thousand one, and only the second time they've won since ninety three. So right, yeah, which is cool. And if they win today, with you know they're currently they, down they, five to one. But yes, I was going to say they probably won't. But if they had won today, it would have been their first sweep since nineteen ninety one. They have not yeah. swept the Yankees in a three game series. Since 1991. This is one of the things that I would say in the, in the 48 years that you and I have been doing this podcast, uh, yes. this is maybe the most frequently discussed quirk or phenomenon in baseball. Like we have spent more hours talking oh, yeah. about this oh, than, yeah. I, than almost anything else except how much we want to <laughs> hug Mookie Betts or David Ortiz. And it really is worth repeating a lot of the stuff that we've said before. For example... This is not a situation where the Tampa Bay at the time Devil Rays were an expansion team. And so they would go 0 and 18 against the right. Red Sox or the Yankees. Like, right. And then the next year they go 1 and 17. And so you'd go, wow, over this five year span, the Devil Rays were, you know, 3 and 82 against the Yankees or whatever. 
this is the Minnesota Twins. They've been around for a long time. And in yes. the in the years between 1993 and the present, in the last 30 years, there have been multiple playoff teams. They have been favorites in some of these series, many of well, these series. Sure. They've been favorites in the playoffs. They... They from, played the Yankees in the playoffs a bunch, which and, which did which did not add to their glory. Nope. I mean, and as you least. and as you have written about and pointed out in those games, there there are so many a shocking number of examples of them being up five to four, and Joe Nathan comes in and <laughs> Joe Nathan doesn't walk anyone the entire year, and he walks eight guys and they lose, or they're up four to one, and and Liriano Francisco Liriano's on the mound. And he is cruising through five and two thirds and then gives up like seven back to back to back home runs. Or they score like eight runs in the first inning and they're trailing by the fifth. You know, like I mean like yes. that that's a big that's a big trend. That, that was that was the one that really got me a few years ago when they in that it was, <laughs> that was a, a playoff game. It was a wild card game, I think, yeah. right? And they they were up four nothing. They scored four runs in the first, as I remember, and then had the bases loaded and like nobody right. out. They knocked out the pitcher. I can't remember who started that game yeah but they knocked him out and they brought in a reliever and they brought in like clay holmes or clay somebody someone who might clays. as well have been clay holmes yeah <laughs> one of the one of the clays no it was a clay it was a clay bellinger it was a clay <laughs> and uh and he he got out of it basically got out of it and, he got and as out soon as it. he got out of it you and i were both like there no no way like the way that they win this game is if they score nine in the first and knock right, out two right. pitchers then maybe they have a shot but when they got out of that with only four or five runs whatever it was we both knew in fact at the time we were taking bets when do the yankees go ahead that's right and one of us said like the fifth inning and they were they were ahead by the fourth like it was yeah, like were- it, it was this has been the most set your watch by it predictable thing in baseball yes. for 30 years years and and the question now and, and when you're talking about teams that maybe have more problems than we thought do the Yankees have more problems than we thought so there's a couple things to say here we said in our baseball preview which again is 99 and 44 100s percent accurate or is it 98.6 right. percent accurate 98.6 percent accurate okay what we said at the time was look still the favorites to win the AL East they still have all these guys they've got Garrett Cole and they've got Aaron Judge and they've got they're bringing up Volpe and they've got Glyber Torres is going to play second and he hits better when he's at second and they've got this bullpen blah 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 but we did say a couple things one of them being it's hard to imagine that like Nestor Cortez is as unhittable this year as he right. was last year. That's it's right. very hard to imagine, forget about having a better year than he had last year, that Aaron Judge has even 80% of the year that he had last yeah. year. Because if he has 80% of the year he had last year, he is still an absolute all-star player who has played, who is among the he, best hitter, could yeah. win the MVP with an 80%. Could win the MVP with an 80% of last year. He could. But 80% of 62 home runs is still whatever, 15 fewer yeah, home 52. runs. I'm saying he could win the MVP. Yeah. Yes. You could, you could so, win at that. And then you get into all the stuff that's predictable, like Stanton's going to get injured again. That already happened. And also, by the way, they're not going to pull Matt Carpenter off the scrap heap and have Matt Carpenter right. be Barry Bonds for two months or three months. <laughs> and there are many games, if you go back and look at those games last year, where the difference between them winning and losing was that Matt Carpenter was like three for four with three home runs and seven RBI. So... Uh, they're still probably going to win that division, but between everybody who had an outrageous year last year regressing just a tiny bit, 5, 10, 15%, and the Baltimore Orioles being 40% better than they were last year because now they've got all these guys, Rutschman here for the full year and Gunnar Henderson, who hasn't really started mm-hmm. to hit yet, playing short, and all, and Cedric Mullins is still there at the top of the lineup being an all-star, and all these guys coming up, and and, and then the Rays being... 
30% better than they were last year. And the Red Sox probably actually being 15% better. These things in the margins, when you play these teams 12, 13, 14 times a year, and you lose one or two more games and you would have won last year, suddenly a 104-win team or whatever they were becomes like a 95-win team, which is still a division winner potentially and a, a playoff team, et cetera, et cetera. But... They do not look so far, again, it's April 26th, but they do not look inevitable the way they did last year. They don't look like they are bullies the way they did last year, and they don't have the kind of bright future that you could... You Last year on April 26th, all I was thinking about was, can the Astros knock them out of the playoffs? That's all I was thinking about, yeah. And now... Now you're like, well, now you think can the get the Rays could knock them out very easily. The uh, you know in a short series, uh, uh, in a in a wild potential wild card game, uh, could the Orioles knock them out? I kind of think they could in the right situation. <laughs> so that's a very pleasant development to find that the Yankees are not striking the fear into my heart that they did last year. Well, yeah, I mean there there are a few things to say about that. One is that I just wrote a uh, story for Esquire that will be coming out in, in this summer on Aaron Judge. So I've actually gone sort of a deep dive into uh, this sort of Yankee lore and everything else. And I came to this conclusion, uh, as people will see in the story, I, I think Aaron Judge is the only thing that keeps them from sort of not being interesting at all. Yeah. You know? Like, it's uh, look, Garrett Cole might be the best pitcher in baseball. I'm not saying that they don't have great players. I'm just saying... We know what Yankees fans are like. We know mm-hmm. what they want. We know, like, it's not enough to win. They have to win big. They have to be the Yankees. They have to connect to history. And, like, the one guy on this team that fits that mold is Aaron Judge. And yep. nobody else does. Nobody else does. Yeah. And and then you start going, look, yes, I mean, would I bet on Anthony Volpe's future? Sure. Mm-hmm. Anthony Volpe going to be good this year? No idea. No clue whether or not that guy is going to have a, a good year or not. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. And then is Stanton going to get healthy again? Probably not. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. You look at that rotation, and it's it's Garrett Cole being dominant, and suddenly it's, you know, Nestor Cortez and Clark Schmidt and Domingo Herman and Johnny Brito, and you're like, well, that's not that great. Uh, yeah. That being, might be good enough, might not. And everything about that team feels like, Hey, could they go on a 15-game winning streak next week? Of course they could. Yeah. They're the Yankees, and it could always happen. But you're right. I don't look at that team and think um, they're not as good as the Rays. I mean, that's I mean, yeah. all the things we were talking about with the Rays where you watch the Rays and you're like, this team is awesome. You watch the Yankees and you're like, Aaron Judge is awesome. Garrett Cole is awesome. Right. Uh, everybody else. I mean, they have some ugh. very good players. There's no question. But they you. But would you? Players, tr- but... Would you take their roster over the roster of the Rays? Of course not. Would you take it over the roster of the Astros? No. No. Well, you the could, Braves. No. The Braves. I mean, no. You know, Even Mets, the Mets. No. Probably not. Look, would you there's... take it over the Padres? I mean, I'm just saying that everything about them feels plain. Except for Judge. Yeah. Judge is like thing. And Judge just kind of he'll I'm sure he'll be fine, but he's just kind of moseying along, got off to a kind of hot start. Now he's striking out a bunch and he's he's not, you know, and it's it's like I mean There's going to be, I guarantee you, put money on it. There's going to be a month 
May or June or July or August or something, when Aaron Judge hits 17 15 home runs. Home, yeah, right. 15, right? 17 home runs, right. And there's going to be, put money on it, a six-week span where Giancarlo Stanton <laughs> is impossible to get out. And he, right. he's flicking home runs. He's flicking 400-foot home runs to right field on yes. 2 pitches that are a foot off the plate. And right. he's hitting home runs to center field where the center fielder doesn't even move, just turns around and watches the ball sail far over his head. And the Yankees win 11 of 12, and they win 17 of 20, and they and they shoot up the standings. And they, they started the month uh, nine and a half games out of first, and by the end of the month, they're a half game out of first. And everyone, <laughs> including me and you, are panicking and freaking out. Right. But the 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 difference between sixty two home runs and forty five home runs is seventeen home runs. Yeah, and that's a lot. Seventeen home runs is a lot of home runs, and I believe that last year was a was a once in a lifetime year for that guy. And that doesn't mean he won't hit fifty again. It doesn't mean that sure. um, any of these things could happen. Of course, they could. Cole could go twenty two and one, and uh, it would, wouldn't be surprising. He's great. Yeah, I just think that when you look at the thing that you and I complain about all the time is that the they have these no name guys who are not not prospects like reclamation projects, Matt yeah. Carpenters, the Matt Carpenters of the world well, that they pick up it, and throw onto the team. And, and like Clay Holmes is a perfect example, like a guy yeah. who like has a 680 ERA in Pittsburgh suddenly <laughs> becomes their closer and is unhittable for three fourths of a year. And at some point. That's got to stop. You can't do that every year. That can't be the way that you win every year. Well, Franchi Cordero was looking like that guy this oh year, right? God. I mean, As, that was a personal <laughs> affront to me that Franchi Cordero, former Red Sox Franchi Cordero, seemed like he was going to be this year's Matt Carpenter. Fortunately for me, he has he's right back to being Franchi Cordero. Yeah, like, he's, he's, he's turned right back into Franchi Cordero. Yeah. And, and, you know, look, this... I mean, what the heck? I mean, Josh Donaldson is is unplayable. He's hurt now, but he was unplayable before he got hurt. And yep. like they've got problems. They've got real, real problems. They have injury problems they, every year. Like they have the yes. Severino problems. Well, and, and the, they've got and they've got wasted money every year, not mm -hmm. just beyond injuries. I mean, they they've got bad contracts. Here's what I would say. This is the furthest I can go because you and I both know that we're going to be cursing ourselves in a mm -hmm. month when the Yankees are four games up in the, in the division. But here's what I would say. If they weren't the New York Yankees, if this was the exact team of a super mega hyped Milwaukee Brewers or Atlanta Braves or, or, or Kansas city Royals, we'd be saying they're not that good. Yeah. That's what we'd be saying. We'd be saying yeah. they've got two great players uh, and, and a bunch of guys that are fine and less than fine, and they're not that good. That's what we'd be saying. We can't say that about the Yankees because they are the Yankees, and they will right. haunt our dreams forever. But, but I think that's the reality. They're just not that good. If they if they did not uh, successfully practice the dark arts in the way that the Yankees <laughs> always do, we would we wouldn't be that scared about them. But because they successfully practice the dark arts of magic and conjure incredible seasons out of un that's right. remarkably unlikely sources. Um, we know we're dooming ourselves, but I think you're right. I, and the the reason that I know you're right is because when I look at some of the other teams that we predicted, uh, again, April 26th, caveat, caveat, caveat. But like the St. Louis Cardinals right now, you're yeah. like, maybe they're not that good. 
and right. the and That's even right. the Padres, you're like, maybe they're not that good. And even the Dodgers, you're like, maybe they have problems. And yeah. there's no reason why we shouldn't be saying the same thing about the Yankees, except that we know that by saying that we're dooming ourselves <laughs> to a year of misery. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? This is this has been our emergencies. We've gotten all to all the emergencies. We've mm-hmm. got to we've got to shut it down. It's time for one last meaningless thing. All right. Yeah. There's one, there's one more emergency that I just want to mention here at the, okay. uh, at the very it. tail end here. The Miami Heater an emergency. Oh, this is this oh is an God. emergency. Just, just this is stop. maybe the number one just, emergency in sports. Just stop. They play I, I, they play game five tonight in Milwaukee. I fully expect Milwaukee to win this game. So the emergency. Yeah, but I've been fully expecting them to win this series. They're so yep. much better than the Heat. Stop. Well, what ma- is- but Jimmy Butler became Matt Carpenter in Game Four, <laughs> and so I'm assuming that he can't quite be Matt Carpenter in Game Five, and that the Bucks will win. But I don't the real the real emergency is is Game. Uh, assuming that the Bucks win tonight, obviously the real emergency becomes Game Six in Miami, and it's oh. really like, is are you going to take care of this problem? Or are we going to let the Miami Heat as an eight seed march to the finals? Because that's what will happen. And when you look at the teams in the West, who's beating the Miami Heat and Jimmy Butler no, in the finals? No. None of those people. Maybe the Warriors. Maybe LeBron maybe could summon maybe, it somehow. Maybe. But I'm telling you, when I wow, saw that, the that Miami Denver Heat. team has turned out to be kind of flimsy. I mean, the, just The oh. Miami Heat are the New York Yankees of basketball. I'm declaring it once and for oh. all because... The same exact thing. The Yankees have, uh, you know, uh, uh, whoever they have, Matt Carpenter and and Clay Holmes, everything. The Miami Heat have have Duncan Robinson and Clay and Gabe Vincent and these guys. And like you, when Duncan Robinson hit, who cannot shoot, he forgot how to shoot a basketball years ago, and he he came off the bench. At a time yeah. when Jimmy Butler had to finally had to sit down. Finally, let's get Jimmy Butler out of this game and let him rest. Yes. And Duncan Robinson comes in and hits three threes in six oh, minutes. And you're like, awful. oh, this no one's there, no one's beating them. They are they practice the same dark arts. The Yankees, I promise you, someone will this will be an expose. The Yankees and the Miami Heat get together in the offseason <laughs> at some weird like Bohemian Grove or Davos or some weird place. And they get together and they they talk to the same shaman and they oh, learn yeah. the same dark arts and they yes. sprinkle the same fairy oh, dust over their teams. There are snakes. There are snakes there. There's no question. That there are snakes using... and weird, <laughs> weird like neck book of book of the dead Necronomicon <laughs> stuff where they're conjuring evil genies and evil spirits oh, to help them win. I cannot. The, the end of that that Milwaukee uh, game uh, four game. Four, right? Because they won Game Four, was so horrifying because it was not just that the that the the Bucks Milwaukee had that game won, yeah, and they were clearly outplaying them, and and then it started falling apart as it will in an NBA game. Same thing happened to the Celtics, but then that look in Jimmy Butler's eye where it was like, "Oh, you're dead." You could just see it. I mean, oh. it was just you're just so 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 dead. And when he went up to shoot the final shot, it was like. What were the chances that was going to miss? Zero. Zero percent chance he was going to miss that. He's like a 32% three-point shooter. <laughs> and every time he took a three, I was like, well, that's that's in. Like, I, it is it is remarkable. If I didn't hate him more than anyone else in the game, and yes. I didn't hate that team more than any other team in the game, <laughs> I would be 
very impressed by what he's doing. You have to be odd. The guy is literally a 32% three-point shooter, except when it comes to winning the game when he's a 100% three-point shooter. That's right. He shoots 101% from three in the last four minutes of every playoff game. Yeah, it's an emergency. Look, we'll have to come back to the Celtics emergency later, although I don't I, I assume we'll be able to. But yeah, that was that was another emergency. Cleveland, Cleveland, th- th- that's an emergency. The Cavs are an emergency. There's a lot of NBA emergencies. A lot right of now. NBA emergencies. The Warriors the Warriors are kind of an kind emergency. Of an emergency, yeah. De'Aaron no, Fox's finger is an emergency. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. All right, time for one last meaningless thing. Then this meaningless thing, I'll start. It's one last meaningless thing to end this meaningless thing. We talk about sports and we draft things we know, like how beaches are terrible places to go. No hot fruit for Michael. No diet coke for Joe. The podcast was. So I've started doing uh, crossword puzzles. I'm not, you know, you and I, we're big word puzzle people. Mm-hmm. We started doing, so I started like going, eh, I'm going to start fooling around with, with crossword puzzles. I don't really, I've not really been a crossword puzzle person in my life, um, but I thought it'd be fun. And I went on the internet and there's a guy and I hope I get him like a million subscribers. Uh, his name is Dave and his, his thing is Dave does crosswords. That's the YouTube channel. All right. Dave does crosswords and Dave does the New York times crossword puzzle every day. And here's, I love it so much. Dave is just a guy like he's like, there's nothing like he's there wearing like a white shirt and he's like, He's, I wouldn't, I don't know Dave, but I assume Dave would not consider himself to be overly charismatic or, or anything. And, and this is my favorite part. Dave's not that good. Across the <laughs> <laughs> like, like he's good. Cause he does it every day and sure. like he gets them many, most of the time. I think he gets to the end, but it's a painful, painful thing. Like hour-long pain of him he's just he's a grinder man he's the david Eckstein of of crosswords great he just goes in scrappy and like, he's scrappy he's scrappy and so there'll be like a puzzle thing that'll be like it'll be like uh uh first name of singer labelle and he will like not know it oh, and God. you'll be screaming at the screen just screaming like dude patty just put patty in the and he's like, oh, well, we'll come back to that one. And he'll just keep going. It is the greatest thing I've ever seen. I love Dave so much. So uh, I I come to you with a major recommendation. If you, if you have any interest at all in crossword puzzles, I now do my daily crossword puzzle with Dave on Dave Does Crosswords. Fantastic. Um, that's <laughs> wonderful. My one last meaningless thing is that uh, – my kids are 15 and 12, and when they were uh, very small, there were no iPhones, right? It was pre-iPhone. So That's right. we had what many people have, which is uh, what's called a flip camera, a flip phone. Sure. Or a flip, a flip camera. It was a, it was a, it was a thing roughly yeah, the, the size of a phone. Yeah. It, yeah. But it, it took high-definition video, and it was great. Yes. And it had, had the a, same thing. It had the old USB port that you would, you would click out, and you would plug it in, and it would instantly download all your movies, and it was great. So... Uh, we used it a lot, and we put a ton of videos on it. And then iPhones came out, and suddenly you didn't need a flip phone, a flip camera anymore because you had your iPhone to take video, right? 
So my wife and I have long uh, believed that um, we have lost a lot of videos because we were bad about uploading them for a long time from the flip camera to our computers. And as a result, uh, you know, our earliest, a lot of our earliest videos of the kids were are from when they're like three or four or something like sure. that. So, you know, we didn't lose out on a ton of stuff, but like there's like a couple years of video that we just don't have. And recently I was digging through an old box and I found the flip camera and it's like beaten up and it's like, it's like sticky there. I don't know what is on this thing, Um, but I have it. And now I, so I have to find a, an adapter to go from the old chunky USB (laughs) port to, because now we've been through like 11 generations of USB ports. That's right. right. So I got to find an adapter, but I'm genuinely, I'm like an archeologist. I'm genuinely, so thrilled about what I'm going to find when I look back at the first three years of video from our kids' lives. And I, I think the chances of this working are pretty small. This thing has obviously no. been dead for 15 years or 12 years or whatever. But I, 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 when, I, when I get this adapter, the chances of like, is the software on this computer going to be able to upload them? Like I, I'm dubious, but you, you're shaking your head. You think it's going to be okay? Okay, I'm so glad you did this because this could have been a one last minute thing for me. Same exact thing happened to us. Great. Same exact thing. It's it's a little bit different device. Ours is a little smaller, but found out of nowhere. It was just in a drawer, and mm-hmm. we hadn't. And I wouldn't even say that we were concerned we'd lost video. We totally forgot we had the thing. You know, it's been so long, and uh, we found it. And I'm like, what? Is, oh my god, I remember this. And then plugged it in to the computer. Figured out, basically, it gives you like a little drive, and I opened up the drive, and there they were. Great. The videos were there, and it was one of the most joyful days I've ever had, was going I will, back. I yeah. will give you an update. I, I, uh, well, I cannot I'm wait try to this. this yeah, I'm going to try it, and I'll, I'll, I'm going to find the adapter that I need. I have it in the house somewhere. I will give you, next next time on the podcast, here's a great tease. <laughs> next time on the podcast, you will find out whether I successfully uploaded these videos of my children. Oh, and what they're in it. Because, I mean, there are so many cool videos in the in the thing that we found. It was hilarious. So, wonderful. All right. So, we did it. We're through the emergencies. We'll mm-hmm. be back as soon as we can. Mike, as always, thank you. Thanks for having me. Podcast.